morning. This morning's reading is from uh, Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 11, verses 2 to 11. And it's, I think, on page 976. <clears throat> so when John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come? Who should we expect, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began to speak to the crowd about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed swayed by the wind? If not, what did you go out to see? A man dressed in fine clothes? No, those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray for Rachel as she comes to preach? Father, we pray your blessing on Rachel as she speaks, as she preaches now. May you enable her to proclaim your word and for us to hear, to receive your word and to live that word out in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't know if you've noticed... But something strange is happening. There are signs that something is coming. There are people wandering the streets with fake white beards on. There are extra lights on people's houses. And glitter seems to be everywhere. The signs, for those of us who've lived on earth for at least a few years, point to the fact that Christmas is coming. Strange, isn't it, that signs of Christmas, Christmas, the holiday about a God humbling himself by becoming human, involves a lot of sparkle and shine. And if you've seen the film Nativity, you'll be very grateful that I'm not bursting into song roundabout now. But signs are helpful. Signs can point the way. But sometimes signs can be misleading or confusing. Take these ones, for instance. (laughs) I mean, right lane must right left. What does that mean? I have no idea. Or let's take, I have two gifts here in front of me. This is one I might like underneath my tree. It's a a nice, snazzy, shiny, glittery one. And um, this one just looks like nothing. But if we open up and look inside the nice box I might want underneath my tree, we just have a pile of dirt, nothing. 
and now I'm very dirty. So if anyone wants to shake my hands at the piece, you're very welcome. And then in this box that looks like nothing, we have shiny, glittery gold candles, something that shines, something that gives light, something possibly a bit more worthwhile than a pile of dirt. And the point of this was that things don't always match up to our expectations. And I think that is what has happened when we meet John in this week's reading. Poor John. Last week, we heard about his amazing ministry in the wilderness of Judea. He challenged Pharisees. He proclaimed that the kingdom of heaven was near. This was a man not to be messed with. Yet here, just one week on, and that's in our time scale, not his, he is in prison because of his strongly held beliefs and his fearlessness in telling Herod Antipas that he should not be sleeping with his brother's wife. And I wonder, are you fearless in expressing your faith? Would you be prepared to sit in a prison cell for what you believe in? And in prison, if there's one thing you have a lot of, it's time. And time can be dangerous. In this instance, it's given John the opportunity to reflect on his life's work. Who has he been preparing the way for? Is it Jesus or is there another? Has he read the signs wrong? Is this Jesus he is hearing about through the bars, matching up to the expectations he had when he baptized him? And I'm sure we have all experienced contrasts in our life, both physical and spiritual, like John is experiencing in this passage. I expect we all know what it's like to wonder why and how and not be able to find the answer. Have we read the signs wrong? We might not have ended up in a physical prison cell, but we can be trapped by our own desires, our own weaknesses or illnesses. And all this can lead us to question the signs of God's kingdom being a real presence on earth and questioning who God is, full stop. Our expectations don't always match the reality of life. And perhaps the same is true of John. This John, a man whom Jesus describes as more than a prophet and greater than anyone else ever born of a woman, and he's in prison wondering if he has read the signs right. This John, who leapt in his mother's womb when Mary visited, and who was there at the baptism of Jesus when the heavens opened. This same John is the one who's sending his disciples to check if he is the one. You'd think, given the signs he'd received, he would know. But perhaps John is human like the rest of us. In the midst of trial... Perhaps he wanted to check if his work and his sacrifice had been worth it. John had been asking people to prepare. As we heard last week, he wanted people to repent and be baptized, an outward sign that people were preparing themselves for a coming Messiah. There was an expectation that change was coming and people were acting on it. 
Even the Pharisees and the Sadducees made their way to the Judean wilderness to meet with John. This John who is acting as a witness and with expectation of a coming kingdom. This John who is fulfilling the prophecy of the prophet Malachi. And as John sends his disciples off in search of answers, we might wonder if John knew exactly what or who he was preparing the way for. We don't know what John's expectations were of a coming Messiah. It is possible if we reflect on last week's reading that he was expecting a lot more judgment. Matthew 3 tells us that John warns people at the River Jordan that the one coming after him will come with his winnowing fork in his hand and he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. He possibly hoped or expected that judgment was coming quick enough to get him out of prison and show Herod Antipas that he had been right all along. Yet what he hears about Jesus does not point to one who is coming with fiery judgment. And so from the confines of his cell, he does what he can to discover who Jesus is and whether he is the one. And Jesus responds using scripture. His comments allude to verses in Isaiah 29 and 35. Go back to John and report what you hear and see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. In this passage, Jesus does not talk about judgment, but he reminds John and his disciples that his actions do align with Old Testament expectation. Judgment does come, don't hear me say otherwise, but at this moment, what matters is restoration. Bodies healed, eyes opened, good news given. Jesus is occupied with those who have been marginalized by their situations. And this might be posing a threat to those who think he should be coming in judgment against them. They have expectations of a Messiah that Jesus just isn't fulfilling. Yet, as Jesus reminds both John's disciples and us, God's kingdom is being ushered in through works of restoration, healing, and good news. And hopefully, when John's disciples told him this, it would have brought him reassurance and comfort. And I hope that when we are in places of darkness and captivity, we too can turn to Jesus and find comfort and hope. And so perhaps this third Sunday of Advent is a good time to reflect on our own reading of the signs and our own expectations. Do we know what it is we are preparing the way for? Or are we even preparing the way? The signs around us out in the world, on our TVs and in the streets, are that we need to spend money, drink a lot, and make sure we have enough food to feed an army. But we know it all stems from a baby born in Bethlehem. Now, I used to be fascinated by a shop in the Hayes Galleria, London, called The Christmas Shop. And its tagline, where it's Christmas all year, which as a child seemed like a dream. And as a curate, 
it just makes me feel really tired. But I also used to stare into a house on the way back from college that had a big Christmas tree in its window, and it was there in the middle of a heat wave in summer. And crazy as it sounds, perhaps we can learn something from the thought of Christmas all year. Not with the glitz and glamour, but could we live our lives in constant expectation that Jesus is coming again and not just save it for Advent season? Could we live our lives in a way that signposts Jesus to others? Could the light of Jesus living in us be shining brighter than the lights on our Christmas trees? But to do this, we do need to keep reminding ourselves of what it is we are preparing the way for. We are preparing the way for God's kingdom to come afresh. We are preparing the way for a God who loves us to come again. And we should be waiting with expectation. And the signs should be pointing away from ourselves and what we do, away from the Christmas tree, and forward to the day when Jesus will come again in glory. And I'm going to end with a condensed version of a story you might already know, but it's a good one, so it's worth hearing it again. So there was an old shoemaker called Papa Panov, and he was working very hard in his shop getting ready for Christmas. It was really hard work. He was old and lonely and nearly too blind to see what he was doing. He sat daydreaming and had a dream that Jesus was going to visit him. He got up very excited and thought to himself, Now what can I give Jesus for a present? He looked all around his little shop and he saw a tiny box on the top shelf. And he remembered what was in it, some very tiny shoes, the best he had ever made. He would give those to Jesus. And Papa Panov awoke early on Christmas morning, and he was so excited at the thought of a visit from Jesus. He looked impatiently out of his door and down the road. And there was a road sweeper, blue with cold and looking very hungry. So Papa Panov invited him in and made him rest by the fire. He gave the road sweeper his coat and a little of the soup that he had made. There was still enough for Jesus when he came, so it was all right. And the road sweeper went away very happy. A little while later, Papa Panov looked out of his door again. He saw a tramp walking down the road. And nobody should spend Christmas like that, he thought, So he invited him in, and the tramp got warm by the fire, had a little of the soup, and Papa Panov gave him all of the money that he had. And the tramp went away, very happy. It was getting late by now, and Papa Panov looked out of his window again. He was very worried that Jesus was not going to come after all. There was a woman with a small baby passing. They were very cold tired and hungry. So Papa Panov invited them in to rest. He gave them the rest of his soup. Oh dear, he thought, now there won't be any for Jesus. And he looked at the baby with nothing on its feet in the icy cold weather. He remembered the little shoes and he fetched the box down. 
and the shoes fitted just right. So Papa Panov gave the baby the shoes, but was very upset at the thought of having nothing to give Jesus. Night came. Papa Panov had not had a visit from Jesus, and he went to bed feeling rather unhappy and very foolish. But that night, Papa Panov had another dream. He dreamed that he met Jesus and asked him why he did not visit during the day. And Jesus said, But I did. I came as a road sweeper, and you warmed, fed, and clothed me. I came as a tramp. You fed me and gave me your money. I came as a baby. You looked after me and gave me shoes. By making all those people happy, you have made me happy. So this week, spend time discovering who Jesus is. Pray and ask him to reveal himself to you in those who you meet. And I will pray that each of us are amazed and refreshed by what it is we discover about the one who came to save us. Amen.